Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the One Year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is February 22nd, and our reading comes from Mark chapter 6. Beginning in verse 1, Mark says this, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed at him. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended. Why are they offended? They're offended because of his godliness and the truth and the wisdom coming out of his mouth. So they're deeply offended and they refused to believe in him. They're offended because everybody's crowding around Jesus. They're offended because he's become wildly popular and they haven't been. So they're deeply offended. Watch what Jesus said. Jesus told him, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And I think this is just encouraging because for a lot of us, we've had this experience, right? I mean, witnessing to your family, witnessing to your close friends, witnessing to the people that you grew up with, and that's challenging to do because they look at you and they look at you through the lens of their history and they find it very hard to believe that you could be so serious about Jesus and, and that God has really changed you and, and that all these things that you're preaching now that you really believe and practice, right? It's very challenging. And that was even true for Jesus. If it was hard for Jesus, listen, it's going to be hard for us. And I think that's just encouraging. However, watch this. If you'll stay the course in time, there will be those who see the change in your life and the consistency of your walk over several years who decide to believe. So even in this passage, his family does not believe. But after the resurrection, they do believe. And for many of you, this is certainly true for me. I've got family that 20 years ago, they were pretty skeptical. They weren't sure that I was going to finish. Not sure that I was as serious about Jesus as I uh, professed to be. Not sure that Jesus was going to be able to change some of the stuff they knew was an issue in my heart. But now, 20 years later, now that I've got a track record, now that I've got uh, all of this history and they can see the way it's transformed me and how I've grown and matured and learned, even while being a pastor, continuing to grow and mature and learn and be honest about my own struggles and, and open about how God is producing change in me and the things that I'm still struggling with that. Well, all of that is produced in them greater faith, the capacity to believe. So I just want to say to you, stay the course. And often 
People watch our lives for years and years and years, and then often they go to an, into a season of pain like we talked about yesterday, and all of a sudden their heart opens. All of a sudden they get a little desperate. All of a sudden they know, I'm in a situation that's over my head. I need God. And what I see in Alan's life or what they see in your life becomes much more Attractive. They've seen you walk through storms. They've seen you navigate pain and suffering and difficulty. And all of a sudden, man, they're looking for an anchor for their soul. You think about James, who became the pastor of the Jerusalem church. He's the half-brother of Jesus and thinks he's crazy until after the resurrection. But there came a point when the truth became undeniable. And I'm just convinced the same thing will be true for me and you. There comes a point to where the truth becomes undeniable that Alan has walked with God and God is transforming him from the inside out. And that same truth, that same testimony is yours. You are walking with God. He's transforming you from the inside out. And at some point, a lot of the people around you are going to see that and want that in their own life. All right, let's look at verse Six, then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people, and he called his 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. He told them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick, no food, no traveler's bag, no money. He allowed them to wear sandals, but not to take a change of clothes. So Jesus empowers disciples and sends them out. And he's done the same thing for us. Remember at the end of Matthew, he said, go and make disciples of all the nations. He's sending us out with his authority, with his name, and even with his power. So he wants us to go into our workplace, into our family, into our neighborhood, all these places where we do life, and to see ourselves as a missionary. We are in that place to represent Jesus, to point people to him, to teach them to follow Jesus as we follow Jesus. So God wants to work through you. Now, let me skip down to verse 16. It says, When Herod heard about Jesus, he said, John, the man I beheaded, has come back from the dead. For Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor to Herodias, who was his wife. She had been his brother Philip's wife, but Herod had married her. So John had been telling Herod it was against God's law for him to marry his brother's wife. So Herodias, his brother's wife, his new wife, bore a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But without Herod's approval, she was powerless. For Herod respected John, and knowing he was a good man and a holy man, he protected him. Herod was greatly disturbed whenever he talked with John, but even so, he liked to listen to him. Of course, the rest of the story goes... Herod throws a party. His daughter is dancing. She says, uh, he says, I'll bless you, reward you for dancing in front of me and my friends up to half the kingdom. She goes and asks her mom, what should I ask for? Well, Herodias, her mom says, give me the head of John the Baptist. And, and so John the Baptist is beheaded. So here's the thing that this comes to mind for me. I think John made an unwise choice. Now, there's nothing in scripture that says God told John to confront Herod. And I just think John made an unwise choice and he cut his life short by trying to preach to somebody 
something that they didn't want to hear and to a person that wasn't ready to hear it. And I just think this is a great example of why the church should be careful about getting too caught up in trying to debate with culture or in the political realm is because we end up in a situation where we're trying to preach to people who are not listening, whose hearts are not open, whose hearts are not fertile soil for the truth of God's word. And if we're not careful, we get our heads cut off, right? We lose our voice. We get canceled. We lose our influence. Meanwhile, there's a whole group of people whose hearts are open, often because of their suffering, who have cultivated good soil, who will bear and produce great fruit if we're sowing the truth into their lives. The general principle for me is I'm looking for people who are open to the truth, open to the gospel, open to an invitation to follow Jesus, and I'm very careful about pushing on people who seem to be closed, pushing on people that don't seem to be open-hearted to me or my message or my faith. I'm just careful about that. I want to step into the doors, into the people's lives who are open, and I'm going to wait on everybody else. I'm going to love them. I want to serve them. I want to be a good friend to them. I want to treat them with a lot of respect, even though often their lifestyle flies in the face of everything I believe or teach, right? But I want to show them a lot of respect and kindness so that when they find themselves in a crisis, when something happens in life that opens their heart, I'm the person they think to look to. I just think this is the way Jesus did ministry. Jesus didn't go down kicking down doors. In fact, the only person Jesus confronted are the religious leaders. And the truth is, that was part of God's redemptive plan because Jesus intended to die. But listen, there's no value in me dying. Right? Jesus died for a purpose, and that is to make atonement to pay for the sins of all mankind. John died without cause. John's death didn't produce salvation for anyone. John could have spent the rest of his life preaching Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus rose from the dead. Repent and follow Jesus. But instead, his life was cut short. And I just think we just need to recognize, let's do ministry the way Jesus did it, not the way John the Baptist did it in that regard. Let's go with those who will go. Let's preach to those who want to hear. Let's share our faith with those who are open-hearted. And then let's serve the rest, be kind to the rest, be a blessing, be respectful, and wait for the circumstances of life to open their hearts and then step into that moment and point them to Jesus. This is so important. So many people are afraid of sharing their faith because they think sharing their faith means trying to convince people who are closed to open their hearts and that they're right and to start following Jesus and to give up their old lifestyle. That's not sharing your faith at all. Sharing your faith is simply being open about what God's doing in you living in a way that represents Jesus in all of your relationships and looking for people who are open. And when they're open, stepping into those relationships and helping teach people 
how to follow Jesus. That's what it looks like to share our faith. And listen, we can all do that. And the truth is, it's not scary or intimidating because the people that you're witnessing and sharing with and serving are people who are open-hearted to Jesus. Man, let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for this instruction. It's so challenging when we are trying to witness to the hometown crowd, to our own family sometimes. But God, I pray that no one would feel pressure to kick down those doors. We don't have to do that. But instead, we would continue cultivating the soil of our heart. We would continue growing and maturing so that as you send us out, you send us out looking for open doors, looking for open hearts, looking for the people who, for whatever reason, often because of the circumstances of their life, they're looking for an anchor for their soul. They're looking for answers. They're looking for help and support. And in those moments with people who are open hearts, Man, we get to step in and represent you. So God, anoint us to do that well. Fill our hearts with a great love for all people. Help us to continue loving and serving those who are not open yet, knowing that the day's coming when that will change. God, we ask you to help us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, I hope that encourages you. And remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.